This is a new series we're in called I Am. This is a new series I wanted to start off. Um, it, I, the word came through me a couple of weeks ago, and it's been bo- boiling within me. And I've been trying to get it out. It, we've been trying to, we've been stalling for the past couple of weeks to try and do this, but it's finally happening tonight, and I'm so excited. I'm very, very happy I'm able to preach it. What I want to start off with um, is just the, the reason why this series is so important especially during, you know, the beginning of January and how we're resetting ourselves for the new year. Um, it's very important to know who God is and who you are. That's very, very important. This is not a self-discovery series. This is not a, a self-help series. It, it can sound like it. But what I want you to understand is that this series is going to help you. If you pay attention, if you really hear the words of the Lord for the next three weeks, I want you to understand that this is going to help you teach who God is genuinely through the word and who you are and what he's created you to be. Because uh, a lot of times we, not not just because of us, but I'm talking about culture. Culture treats the worldly normals as like it's nothing. Like everything that's so normal in the world is actually against what God is for. And I want to teach you that these next couple of weeks about how, because, because I'm going to be honest, a lot of the times the church is, accepting more of the worldly normal than we should. And it's not that we don't accept anyone into the church. Anyone can come to church. You can have a drug addict come into the church. It doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is, is that the acceptance of worldly things that are normal in the world that are against the word of God, it's something that's very, very, it's very, very worrisome as a pastor. And as a, as a young person who's going through the things of life, what's going on in the world today. And you know what I mean, what's going on in the world. So that's why it's, I feel like it's my responsibility to give you what the Lord wants to give you because you're chosen by him. And he has a special word for you for the next three weeks. So now I can get to this. First Peter, did I say first Peter? Yeah, I did. Is it first Peter on there, Matt? Put it up. Yeah. Okay. Cool beans. He went. Yeah. Okay. First Peter chapter one, starting in verse 14, as obedient children do not Conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in your ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. So for week one for this series of calling it I am, week one is called I am holy. I am holy. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, I thank you for this series. Lord, I thank you for these messages that you're speaking through me to give to these students, Lord. I pray that you open up their ears, open up their hearts to this word, Lord, and let them, let it not fall on, on unfertile soil, Lord. Let it run deep within them to where they can know who you are and who they are in you. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If I'm alone or on amen, that's okay. Thank you. Amen. Hilarious. Dude, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a rant for a second. The one thing that I really, really hate, well, that's a strong word, despise, no, strong word, dislike, <laughs> that I dislike is, is, is PDA. That's a very weird word right now. I don't like it. The reason why I don't like it is that why would you, in your own personal bubble, 
like, okay, so there's trauma with it, okay? There's trauma from, from why. Because my aunt and uncle, <laughs> my aunt and uncle, every time we had a family get together, they were always on each other. Like, I'm, I kid you not, I'm pretty sure they were slobbering all over each other. It was disgusting. I wanted to hurl. It was gross. I don't, because of that, I don't like PDA. It's been the most disgusting thing since, since, since I've seen it. And now I'm traumatized. And I think the Lord can heal, but I told the Lord, not this time. It's staying like this. I'm staying traumatized. I'm, I'm going to make sure it stays with me so I don't have to think about it again or see it again. But. But I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of PDA. If you are cool, just control yourself. <laughs> control yourself. Um, we love we love the feeling of relationship. We love the feeling of being with someone. But and I'm not turning this into a relationship message. I promise you, that's coming in February for Valentine's. So just be ready for that. But but what I'm trying to say in this in this illustration is that just because the relationship feels good doesn't mean it could last that long from a feeling. What I'm saying is, is that if you think they're going to supply every need, have make everything feel good in your life, what happens when you get into an argument? <laughs> what happens when you, when you start to feel the tension between each other? Where does the feeling go? And this, y'all, look, I said this is not a relationship message, but this is why there's a lot of breakups and divorces because we're relying on a feeling rather than a commitment. That's what we're relying on. We're relying on it for it to feel good and to feel special. And it is. The honeymoon phase is spectacular. But the problem, the problem, the problem is, is that it has to last through commitment. And the funny thing is, is that the beautiful part about, because, because everything gets more serious when marriage is involved. Now, marriage is a heavy word for a teenager because it's like, oh, dude, like she, she's my girl. Like, I, I didn't even think about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't even think about that. But, but it's serious. And I think we lose the value of that in our relationships because it's the value is, is that I'm not dating you just to look good. I'm not dating you just to throw you on Instagram to make you, make me look good. Maybe that's not the intention of everyone, but I know for a fact that a relationship doesn't last long because the image is gone. The image of a relationship is gone. I'm trying not to, like I said, I'm trying not to preach on relationships. I'm trying to get to my message. But as an illustration, one of the biggest things about marriage, one of the biggest quotes about marriage is that in marriage, you're setting yourself apart for that person forever. That's what it's about. Like you're not chasing anyone else when you're married. You're not trying to, pick up someone else because, because, because she or he is not, is not fulfilling a need in your life. That's not where it comes from. You're setting yourself apart for them. It's the same thing with God, y'all. Y'all listen to this. It's the same thing with God. You're not being set apart from something. You're being set apart to something. That's where it's coming from. We think we're just being set apart from right from wrong. We're just being set apart from the evilness of the world, which is true. That's a part of it. But the problem that we don't realize is that God is separating us and putting us apart to him. That's the beautiful part. Because the world normals, the worldly normals, will never satisfy. It will never satisfy. And I think Peter got it really right, right because, because, dude, Peter Peter was a little crazy. Peter, the funny thing is, is that, and, and some of y'all know the friends that you have that are like Peter, because uh who knows, I, I know this is a little sidetrack, but who knows what the color code test is? 
Raise your hand. Color code test. No one's heard of that. A little bit. All right. So, oh, okay. Enneagram. No, anybody know the Enneagram test? Okay. So Peter, Peter is a red. Peter's a type eight. That dude's going to say what's on his mind. He's going to challenge every little thing that's in the facility. You know someone like that. You know someone who's, a, who's loud, who's aggressive, and, and that's who Peter was. Peter, but the, another thing was, was Peter was a hypocrite because he was so loud with his mouth, but never, never put together with his actions. Nothing was ever good with what he did. All he did was just say. But, but Jesus took a liking to Peter because only Jesus can change someone like Peter. Not some innocent human being that's like, man, you're kind of scary. You're a little aggressive. You know what I'm saying? You're a little scary. Mm. But when it comes to Jesus, Jesus can change the most aggressive human being to the most common human being. He can change the most scared human being to, to the most confident human being because that's what Jesus does. I can't do that. I can't change a controlling human being. I can't do that. God can I can't change someone who just stuffs everything and thinks everything's okay when really nothing's not. Jesus can do that. But it's if they let Jesus do it. But that's not my message. And I know I'm rambling on, but that's not my message. I'm talking about how you, listen to me, you are holy. And I'm not saying, and listen, and this is my first point. Put it up, Matt. I want to read this to you loud and clear. Put it up. First point. Holiness is a divine calling, not a human accomplishment. If it was a human accomplishment, you would never be holy. None of us would be holy. I would never be holy. I would be the most dirty human being you have ever met. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how much you can do. That's the true gift of where he says in Peter, if I am holy, you are holy. It's a gift. It's not something that is just earned or you have to do backflips for It is for you because he has given it to you. That's the free gift of being holy. You are holy because I'm holy. That's what the Lord wants you to understand something like that tonight, is that because he's holy, you're holy. Now, now, just because it is a free gift doesn't mean we have to abuse the holiness for ourselves. What do I mean by that? Don't be double-sided. There's a big problem in our culture. I call it, I heard one preacher called it uh, coddling Christianity. I liked the phrase because it's like we want the good stuff. We want the ears tickled. But the funny thing is, is that if we don't receive the truth of what he says about us and what we really have to understand, it's not just a feel-good message. I'm not trying to make you feel good. I want you to understand who you are. I want to affirm you of who you are. But it's, a, it's bigger than that. It's way bigger than that. You are holy because he's holy. And then in Genesis chapter 1, put it up, Matt. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is who you are, y'all. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and in the birds in the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals and all of the creatures that move along the ground. In the beginning, right there, let us make mankind... Who's, who's talking like that? God. This tells me, and listen to me, y'all need to get this because you can hear this but never believe it. You are created in the image of God. That's how, that's, you're created in the image of God. 
you can hear that all day long. I used to hear that all day long in, in, in youth. I used to hear that all day long on Sunday service, but I never received true freedom to know that I was made in the image of God. Because when you know who you are, things change. When you know who God is and who you are, something about you changes. Because if you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When you know who who you belong to, you will know what to do. If you know you belong to Christ and Christ lives in you and you're made in the image, you will do what he did. It's plain simple because it's the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you will do what Jesus does. But there's a battle. There's a fight between them, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the devil, and you, your flesh. There's a battle between the three. Because your flesh wants what it wants. The devil wants what he wants. But there's something about, it's not what God wants. It's about what God knows that you need to get out of that, which is those desires. Fighting against the flesh and the spirit is very difficult by yourself. That's why Christ died. Y'all listen to me. Christ died not for us to just get a ticket into heaven. If that was the case, we should just go now. Into heaven we go. But he said, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. This means that I want my experience with God to be here, not just in heaven, because it's going to get, it's going to be there. We're going to experience heaven and eternal life in a whole nother way. But he said, I'm with you now. I'm not with you later. I'm with you now. It's not, it's not when you, because, because like I said, it doesn't, there's a difference between, and I want to talk about the truth for a second, because the truth is you're holy. Not because of what you can do, but because of who God is. That's, that's why you're holy, because he's holy. But it's funny, and I've, you know, I've talked with a few people today about it. You can hear the truth, but never know the truth. You can hear what God's done for you, but never really believe or know what God has really done for you. You'll never really understand it. It's when you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus talked about it with these Jewish people, because they believed in Jesus, but they never held on to his teaching. They had a hard time because all they did was believe in Jesus. Now, listen, you can believe in Jesus and be saved. All you have to do is believe in Jesus and have eternal life. But it's, but it's a greater, there's a greater gift in your life right now. When you, instead of just believing, you're holding. Instead of just believing the truth, you have to hold the truth. You have to hold it. Dakota, come see. I, I asked him to do this little baby illustration for me. Because this is really, really good. All right, go to this, go to the spot. Y'all give a hand clap for Dakota. Y'all can. Y'all can. Yay. Golf clap. Who booed? <laughs> I don't know who booed, but. <laughs> so what's this right here, y'all? Bible. Bible. This is a special Bible for me. I, I use this for, I call it my healing Bible. The reason why I call it that was because I have different types of scriptures that talk about physical healing, mental healing, emotional healing. It's a bunch of healing stuff, and I love it. The thing is, is that this is the truth, 
This is the truth of the word of God. This is the truth. But here's the deal. I can do this all day and tell Dakota about the word of God. I can tell him about the truth. I can do that all day, all the time. But it's not until I do this. It's not until he does that. You saw what he just did? He held on to the truth. Y'all sit with that for a second. He held on to the truth. He didn't just hear it. Throw it back. Throw it back to me. Nice throw. He held the truth. You can hear but never believe. You can hear and never really be free. It comes from a place where you hold on to it. And what does the truth say about you? You're made in the image of God. What else does it say about you? That you're, that you are holy for he is holy. What else does it say? You're an overcomer in Christ. That's what you have to hold on to. You can hear that all day, but never believe it. Oh, I'm trash. I'm unlovable. I can never get it right. I will never make it to where, to what they tell me I need to make it. I'm always going to be a failure. That's holding on to lies. But, Instead of just doing this with the truth, it's like this. When you hold on to the truth, that you are holy as he is holy. You understand what I'm talking about? Y'all understand? Y'all with me? Because I need you to get this. Because you can hear the truth, but never really be free. Can you, did you know that you can believe in Jesus and still feel like you're trapped? And still feel like you're in bondage? Because you're doing this. You're, you're hearing this. I bet some of you, the only word you've heard is right now on a Wednesday. I bet. I bet this is the only time you've heard the word. Because it doesn't come from just this tonight. It comes on a Monday. Throw it back. <laughs> it comes on a Tuesday. Holding the truth. That's how you get set free. Is when you hold on to Christ's teaching. It's when you hold on to the truth. It's when you hold on to the truth. Thank you. It's when you hold on to the truth. Because if you only hear it, y'all, you will be in bondage for life. And you will feel so trapped in yourself because all you're doing is hearing it from a distance. And all you're doing is just taking it in and going back home and everything's the same. But it changes, man, when you, when you hold on to it like that when you hold on to what God says about you, when you hold on to what he says that you should do, he has a mission for you and it's in there. It could be on a physical Bible or on the U version. It is the truth. And that's what sets you free is when you hold onto the truth. Thank you, Dakota. You can go say, thank you, Dakota. The truth sets you free when you hold to the truth. Like I said, Dakota can hear the truth all the time, but it's not until he puts it into practice. It's when he puts it into the practice of what God. Now, when Jesus, when Je- I think when Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. I don't think he's just talking about obedience. I think he's also talking about, if you love me, you will remind yourself of who you are in me. If you love me, you will remember what I've spoken about you even before the beginning of time. If you love me, you will remember what I've spoken to you. If you love me, you will hold on to the truth. That's where, if you are holy, he's holy. And there's a gift, y'all. It's not a bad thing. I'm not trying to tell you, oh, you're trash. You're not that holy without God. 
It's true to a certain extent, but I'm telling you, there's a freedom to know that I don't have to work to be holy. I don't have to jump through hoops and jump through and, and, and jump over sharks or something to, to get the truth. It's right here. But what if the environment that you're in is filling you with lies and it's hard to hold to the truth? Because it's, it's very easy to hold on to the truth, but it's even harder when you're holding on to something else, which is lies from the devil, from the enemy, the things that you tell yourself that the enemy likes to put in your head. It's easy to hold the truth, but it's harder to hold it when there's a lie in your hand. This is where you have to understand something. If you want to see a change in your life, if you want to see God really do something, I dare you to put the truth into practice and hold on to the truth. I dare you to do it. I'm not just commanding you like it's some type of like, oh, you shall do thy work of the Lord. I'm talking about I dare you to read your word this week. I dare you to ask God, what's up? <laughs> it's that easy, y'all. It's I dare you to talk to God this week. I dare you to talk to God this week. Because if you talk to God this week, I promise you, you're going to hear from him. When you intone yourself, listen, I saw, I, I, there was this other phrase. You can't hear from the Holy Ghost if you're on TikTok three hours a day. It's very hard to hear the Holy Ghost when you're on social media all the time. I feel like an old man. Like I got the old man syndrome because I always think about this. But like, dude, yesterday I got, I got on this before anything else, you know, like we all do. See, I'm relatable. And, uh, and dude, I was, I was on TikTok for like, I think I said this one time, I was on TikTok for almost four hours straight. Like it went from 100 to about 15 of a battery. Because I thought it was, I was like, man, this is awesome. And then I get off, I'm like, bruh, this is worse than playing video games for four hours, man. I was like, I was just laying there. I felt like I was in a coma. And it's not a bad thing. None of that's a bad thing. Social media is not bad. But here's the problem. What comes first? That's the question I want you all to remember in your brain, or if you're taking notes, what comes first? If you know what comes first, it'll be what lasts till the end of the day. If TikTok comes first, that is what's going to end your day. That is what you're going to escape to. If social media, if people, if something like that, that's so nice and it validates you and it's so ooey gooey, nicey, dicey, whatever. If you start with that, you're going to end in misery. If you start not with God, if God's not the start, you end in misery because when you start with God, you end in victory. You end the day with him. That's how it starts. It's in order. It's, there's an order to things. And I don't say that like, a, like it's some type of like chore. But what I'm telling you, y'all, when you put God first, your day, even though it might seem really bad, like your day might seem really crappy and messed up and jacked up and like nothing's going well, there's something about joy peace, patience, kindness, goodness, the fruits of the spirit. Listen, y'all, Just be, Jesus wasn't sleeping on a boat through a storm 
because, because he was just, it was that easy. Just because, just because, look, he was sleeping on a boat through the storm, not because he knew what, not just because he was just so easily trustworthy. He knew what was going to happen. He knew who was in control. He knew. You don't have, someone said this, I, I forgot which minister said it. He said, you don't have to rest in peace when you die. You don't have to rest in a peace when you're dead. You can rest in peace in God right here, right now. This is when you can receive peace. But if you're only waiting until the storm is over, you have missed the peace of God because the peace of God doesn't come after. It's in the storm. It's in the raging winds. Dude, Jesus was at the bottom of the boat. He was at the part where it rocked the most. Yet he still slept through it because he was at peace. Not because he didn't see the situation. Not because he, he was just so dumbfounded. Oh, I don't care about the situation. No, he knew that the storm would not last long and he knew he would get to the other side because he had a mission. Because he had a purpose. When you have purpose, you know you're going to make it to the other side. You know it. Rambled on a little bit, but I want you to know one more thing before we, before we stop, because I want you all to do that small group discussion. He is whole. You are holy because he's holy. I want that to sink into your heart because once you know that you're different around people, you're different with people. You see people in a different perspective. You see things different because in the presence of God, things change. I agree. And if, and if you don't agree, try it out. It's nice. It's pretty cool. If you know who you are and who he is, you will see things differently. And you will understand why things happen and why this and why that. You'll start to understand. Maybe there's some things that you don't understand right now that you've been through that God hasn't told you yet. But keep praying. That is going to come. Keep praying that now I get it. Now I understand why I went through the fire. Now I understand why I went through this storm. Now I understand because when you know who he is and you are, you see things a lot differently. You are holy because he's holy. You don't have to try. You don't have, now I'm not saying be, try to be like, just like God tell you you're holy and then be a bad person. Don't do that. That's what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is that you don't have to be anything in order for God to make you holy. Because, because that puts expectation and perfection on you and it can be defeating. You can beat yourself up. I used to beat myself up because I thought I wasn't holy enough, but it wasn't until God told me, no, you're not holy because you did something. You're holy because I am. You're holy because I am, and you are in me. That's what it is. That's what it is, y'all. That's what it is. You are holy because he is holy. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's finish this up so we can do our discussion. Thank you, Jesus. To everyone in this room, I want to give you an opportunity. You can, do, you can even do this stuff at home, but if you feel like you can't do this by yourself, this is the perfect moment to have the opportunity. Yes. Um, if, I want you to know something. 
Maybe, maybe you don't feel holy because you don't know the Holy One. Maybe you don't experience holiness or, or know that you're holy because you don't have a real relationship with God. Listen, y'all, it's scary to know that people can come to church and never know God. But the way to know God is to seek, Jesus said, seek my kingdom. Seek my face through my word. Pray to me, talk to me, worship me, praise me, and I'll meet you. If that's you in this room, I don't care if you've been in church for 12 years, 13 years. I don't care if you're a church kid. Listen, you could be in church all your life and be spiritually asleep, but now's the time. It's 2022, y'all. Years aren't getting better, but God is pouring out his spirit. God is getting better. God is showing up in these last days, in these moments. God is always here. So here's the opportunity. A little bit of a story before I, before I give you all the opportunity. There was someone, there's a guy that we know on staff and we just heard that his son got shot six times and passed away. Two in the front, five in the back. We don't know how old he was, but that was his son. He must have been a teenager. I want you to understand something. I'm not saying that's you. I'm not trying to scare you at all. I promise you I'm not. But hear my heart, y'all. Hear my heart. Life, Kirk Franklin said this, life is but a vapor, but eternal life is forever. We're not promised tomorrow, but we are promised if we believe in Jesus, if we turn away from sin, if we give God our lives, we will experience eternal life forever. It's not just about living like a Christian. It's being one. It's being in tune with God. That's, it's a beautiful relationship. It's better than any relationship that you will ever have. I don't care how cool your boo is. I don't care how you get so excited if you get married one day. No, nothing is a greater relationship than with Jesus. Nothing is greater than that. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, if you feel like you need to accept Christ right now, or you need to rededicate. Because listen, y'all, I rededicate a lot. Because there's sometimes where I feel like I'm leaving astray sometimes because the devil works like that. The devil is a player. He knows what makes you tick. He knows, but so does God. And God knows he can save you. If you need to rededicate, I know, I know there's some church kids in here. You've been in church all your life. I've been too. I know what it's like to feel like God's not there. And I've been in church and I've been praying and I go to every service and I hear every message and I go through every worship and I still, it's like, God, where are you? This is the time, this is the moment to rededicate and give your life to Christ for real. For real. I know what it's like. If that's you, Lord, I need to rededicate my life to you. I've been astray, but I want to come back. I want to come back to you. And God's not mad at you for coming back. He is so excited that you're willing to walk back to him because he has something for you. He has a greater blessing for you. He has that for you. If you need to rededicate or if you need to give your life to Christ for the first time, throw your hand up. Throw your hand up. Thank you, Jesus. I see one hand. I see another hand. Throw your hand up. Don't be ashamed. Nobody's looking around. It's you and God. 
I don't want to be a fake Christian anymore. I want to be genuine with God. I want to be real with God. I want to have a relationship with God. I see two hands. And look, y'all, I ain't dumb. I know there are some people in here that did not raise their hand because they are afraid of what people will think. You think it's not cool enough. You think it's not the best enough. I'm telling you, God does not care. He's going to meet you whether you raised your hand or not. Whether you raised your hand or not. I'm not going to make you pray a prayer. What I'm going to make you do, because we're still doing this, is that I want you to ask God. Let me give you an example. Just, Just listen to my voice and ask God. Get with God and ask him, Lord, I know you're real. Lord, I know that Christ died on the cross and raised for the death of my sins. I've been living in my own life. I've been living in my own way. And I know that I know now that I need you. I know now that I can't do it by myself. I need you right now, Lord. Lord, be on the throne of my life once again. Pray something like that in this moment. Let's take a moment. Ask God to come back into your life. Ask God to come into your life for the first time. Reel him in towards you because he's here, y'all. The presence is here right now. I don't know if you exp- or you're experiencing it right now, but the presence of God is here and he's willing to let you know that he's willing to open his arms up for you. You just have to ask. It's, that's all it is. It's, there's no fear in the presence of God. So Lord, I pray that you're touching every single person, not just the one who raised their hand, but the one who didn't. Lord, you touch them where they're at, Lord. You help them in this time. Lord, they want to rededicate. Lord, they want to accept them, accept you into them. Lord, they want to let you be their Lord and Savior. Lord, they need you. They need you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I hear voices. Stop talking. This is a moment with you and God. Please take it seriously because your life depends on it, man. Your life depends on it. You could be like that kid who got shot. It's a real thing, y'all. I'm not trying to scare y'all. It's a real thing. Life does not is not promised, but eternal life is. Eternal life is. And here's the good news. When you believe in Christ and when you accept him and when you start to live for him, you don't have to worry about that anymore. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I'm going to go through life. I'm going to go through pain. But I know that Christ is with me. That I don't have to live knowing that I'm not going to be separated from his presence. I want to make that known tonight to you. Thank you, Lord, for the hands that were raised and the hands that were not. I pray, Lord, that you strike the hearts, Lord, of the hard hearts, the broken hearts, Lord. Be close to the ones who are broken in spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we bless you. Thank you for this message. Thank you for knowing that we don't have to do anything to be holy, that you are holy. So that means us as children of God, made in the image of you, we are holy. Lord, we honor you. God, we thank you. We praise you for what you're speaking to us. Let us know know the truth, not just hear it, not just hear that we're holy, know that we're holy holding on to the truth, holding on to your word and help us and challenge us, Lord, to dig deep into your word, to know who you really are. Thank you, Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen.